Hey guys, it's Thursday. Um, we're going to jump into some poetry reading. Um, but I do want to say this while I am pulling up my poetry reading out loud poems. You know, that's where I love to go to. Um, I'm always having a conversation with the father. And uh, the other day I was talking to him because my heart and my mind deep, deep within, you know, I was contemplating a couple of things and just really wanting to, to hear from him and, and get some answers to things that a lot of us, I think, myself included, uh, find it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to to go into um, a new age kind of thinking without even realizing sometimes that you are treading on that path. So I will just say to everyone, you know, do your own research. Um, look into the things that you don't understand uh, by asking the Father to show you what is truth and what is not to show you, to reveal those truths to you so that you will know, um, that you will never question is this part of his will or is this what was written in his word? Uh, his, his word is true. And I know sometimes people say, well, man wrote the Bible. So man could have put anything in there or took anything out. And that's true. But I do believe one thing for sure. Um, there's no way God would give us or leave us with false information and mislead us. So therefore, I trust 100%. And people may say, well, that's because you uh, you say you're a Christian or you, you're a Christ follower. Um, regardless to how we want to look at it, I just don't believe that uh, there's going to be any falsification in that word because he said that's his word. Um, so it answered a lot of things that I might have gotten off track about, um, and not might have, I know that I did. Um, so go back. Um, if you have questions, you, um, are in doubt about anything, go to the word. It will tell you the truth. All right. So let's just jump into our poems today. I'm going to start out with this one that's titled And, A-N-D, Soul, by Evan Boland. My mother died one summer, the wettest in the records of the state. Crops rotted in the west, checked tablecloth, dissolved in back gardens, empty deck chairs collected rain. As I took my way to her, through traffic, through lilacs dripping blackly behind houses, and on curbsides to pay her the last tribute of a daughter. I thought of something I remembered. I heard once that the body is or is said to be almost all water. And as I turned southward, that's ours is a city of it, one in which every single day the elements begin a journey towards each other that will never, given our weather, fail. The ocean visible in the edges, cut by it, cloud color reaching into air. The lifey storing one and summoning the other. Salt greeting the lack of it at the north wall and as if that wasn't enough, 
all of it, ending up almost every evening inside our speech. Coast, cannel, ocean, river, stream, and now mother, and I drove on, and although the mind is unreliable in grief, at the next cloudburst it almost seemed they could be shades of each other, the way the body is, of every one of them, and now they were on the move again, fog into mist, mist into sea spray, and both into the oily glaze that lie on the railings of the house she was dying in as I went inside. Questions of identity as an Irish woman, mother, poet, and exile give rise to much of Evan Boland's poetry. She was born in Dublin, but grew up in London, where an anti-Irish racism gave her a strong sense of heritage. Irish history and myth also figure prominently in her work. The author of eight collections poetry. She was also a professor of English at Stanford University. Um, the next one is titled The Brook by Edward Thomas. Seated once by a brook watching a child, chiefly that paddled, I was thus beguiled. Mellow the blackbird sang and sharp the thrush, not far off in the oak and hazel brush. Unseen, there was a scent like honeycomb from mugwort dull, and down upon the dome of the stone the cart horse kicks against so oft, a butterfly alighted. From aloft he took the heat of the sun, and from below, on the hot stone he perched, contended so, as if never a cart would pass again that way, as if I were the last of men, and he the first of insects to have earth and sun together and to know their worth. I was divided between him and the gleam, the motion and the voices of the stream, the water running frizzled over gravel that never vanished and forever travel. A gray flycatcher silent on a fence, and I sat as if we had been there since. The horseman and the horse lying beneath, the fir tree covered barrow on the heath. The horseman and the horse with silver shoes galloped the downs last. All that I could lose, I lost. And then the child's voice raised the dead. No one's been here before was what she said, and what I felt, yet never should have found, a word for, while I gathered sight and sound. Born in London and educated at Oxford University, Edward Thomas worked long hours as a contract writer to support his young family. He struck up a friendship with a new neighbor, then unknown poet Robert Frost, who persuaded Thomas to give poetry a try. Under the pseudonym Edward Estoy, Thomas published the volume Six Poems, 1916, and composed more than a hundred other poems. He died in the Battle of Ares in World War I. Okay, this one is titled A Graveyard by Marianne Moore. 
man looking into the sea, taking the view from those who have as much right to it as you have to it yourself. It is human nature to stand in the middle of a thing, but you cannot stand in the middle of this. The sea has nothing to give but a well-excavated grave. The firs stand in procession, each with an emerald turkey foot at the top. Reversed as their contours, saying nothing, repression, however, is not the most obvious characteristic of the sea. The sea is a collector, quick to return a repackish look. There are others beside you who have worn that look, whose expression is no longer a protest. The fish no longer investigate them, for their bones have not lasted. Men lower nets, unconscious of the fact that they are desecrating a grave and row quickly away, the blades of the oars moving together like the feet of water spiders, as if there were no such thing as death. The wrinkles progress upon themselves in a phalanx beautiful under networks of foam and fade breathlessly while the sea rustles in and out of the seaweed. The birds swim through the air at top speed, imminent catcalls as heretofore. The tortoise shell scourges, scourges about the feet of the cliffs in motion beneath them and the ocean under the pulsation of light houses and noise of bell buoys advances as usual looking as if it were not that ocean in which drop things are bound to sink in which if they turn and twist it is neither with violation nor consciousness Considered a poet's poet for the subtly, subtly, sub, subtly, ooh, that's a tongue twister for me, of her thought and glittering verse technique, Mar Marianne Moore was also a fascinating character who in later life became a, liter a literary celebrity. She was recognized for her cape, three-cornered hat, and baseball fantasticism. As for anything she wrote, wide renown did not come until 1951 when Moore's collected poems won the National Book and Bollingen Awards and Pulitzer Prize. Okay. And then this will be our last one for today. This is Over and Under by John Brim. So sexy to slide underneath a river, to sit inside this snake-like submarine, like subway car, and freely imagine the world above, the Brooklyn Bridge, invisibly trembling with the weight of its own beauty, the East River still guided by the grooves Walt Whitman's eyes wore in it, the bulldog tugging tugboats pushing the passively impressive broad bottom barges around and the double-decker orange and black Staten Island ferries with the aurora of overworked pack mules, mournfulness, and beyond them, the Atlantic Ocean, which I lately learned was brought here by icy comets 
three billion years ago, which explains a few things like why everybody feels so alienated and of course the thoughts being thoughts by every person in New York City. At this moment, vast schools of undulated fish curving and rising in the cloud swirling wind waved sky surrounded by the vaster emptiness of non-thought which holds them in which they try not to think about and you lying in bed in your sixth floor walk-up sublet on St. Mark's Place, such a breathtaking ascension, imagining me rising now to meet you. John Brim was born in Lincoln, Nebraska and educated at the University of Nebraska and Cornell University. He lives in Portland, Oregon and teaches at Oregon Literary Arts and Mountain and Mountain Writer Series in Portland and at Lighthouse Writers Workshop in Denver, Colorado. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this reading today. And please remember what we started out with this morning before I got into the poetry reading. Please go back. If you've got questions, only God can answer those questions for you. Ask him. He will show you. I asked. He showed it's true. Just go back and read the word. It's all there. Anything that you have a question to, it's all there. God bless you. Everybody stay safe. I don't know what's happening. I don't know where we will be in the years to come, but stay, stay, stay safe. Stay faithful to your beliefs, whatever they are, and um, stay kind. All right, guys. Talk soon. Bye-bye.